I'm not like a regular mom, I'm a cool mom. Mom, mom, mom. Hey, cool moms. So it's been a few weeks since I recorded this episode uh, with this week's guest. And that was really just because of so many reasons. Um, I don't, I mean, I think Mercury's in retrograde now, but when I initially recorded all of this crazy shit was happening, I ended up in a hotel for a couple weeks and then a Airbnb. And that was really just because of like a weird random flood. Um, and we found ourselves, my friend and I, um, here in DC found ourselves at an Airbnb on 14th and U street, right in the thick of, and at the start of the uproar of protests, um, from black lives matters to trans lives matters to all of the marginalized people that have been. Uh, historically and systematically marginalized in the United States are really collectively having this, um, not even that we are having an awakening, but the world is having an awakening. And I found myself on the stoop watching Black Lives Matters protesters walk by. And I have just been inundated, as I'm sure we all have, with all of the feelings, the sense of um, uncertainty about what's next, the sense of hope about what's next. Um, and I think on a very personal note, I've been really leveling with having been away from Sergeant now for a little over a month as he spent time with his dad in Charlotte. <laughs> and the fear that I have as a mother being away from him and even though it's a false sense of control, just the control that we feel when we have our kids close to us, like we can protect them. And I, I felt just so raw and vulnerable because I feel like I cannot protect him. And so the, you know, a lot of the dialogue, inner dialogue I've been having is, is really understanding and trusting that his dad can step up to the plate and do that. Um, and to really learn how to move in faith and relinquish control. So I've been having all of that going on, just emotionally full um, and emotionally really vulnerable. And then I realized that I'm just like now uber sensitive. I cried earlier today thinking about Elijah McClain and thinking about some of his last words and saying that he was an introvert and just like, the him being able to express in such a um terrifying and violent moment like his needs and expressing who he is um and then him not being not only not being seen but then his life being taken and it just really even further i think iterated this idea that like you know i think I know I have fallen victim to a certain naivety that that um, presenting in a certain way and, and teaching Sergeant how to express himself and, and be eloquent with his words and, and the, the importance on intelligence and communication and how, you know, we see time and time and time and time again, how it just doesn't matter because black people in many ways aren't valued in this country. So that's kind of the the weight of what I've been sitting with and thinking. And 
Then I knew I was really fucking on the edge when I turned on Netflix to what is the name of this show? I think it's The Floor is Lava, which we all know is like that game you play when you're like in the house, which I'm sure many of us have played at this point when you don't touch the floor because you pretend like the floor is lava. And now they have a game show about it on Netflix. And the first episode I watched was with Shadi, who is a mom. And her like teenage twin son and daughter. And I got emotional watching them like cross over this bubbling red water, um, but like really work together and make it to the end. And I saw how proud she was of her son, like doing having this experience together, especially being a teenage, um, a mother of a teenage, a teenager rather. And then I got teary eyed when they crossed the finish line. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell is wrong with me? And not even that anything is wrong. I just feel so sensitive to everything that is happening. Um, something that I did not cry over that probably a few weeks ago, I probably would have cried over. So... You know, I've talked a lot about my relationship with food and and not even in a way that I think is uh, weird, <laughs> I guess, but in a way that I think is probably normal, especially f- whatever. I don't care. My relationship with food. I've been doing really well in terms of prioritizing my health. I think that's been so much easier now that I have more time to myself. And so I've been working out. I've been eating cleaner. And you know what? Today, I was like, I want chocolate pie. Yeah, I do. I want a chocolate pie. So I go on my little app. I order my chocolate pie. I feel good about it. I decide to not feel away because I'm about to juice anyways, whatever. And (laughs) I wait 45 minutes for this chocolate pie to come. I'm outside for 10 minutes as I see that little dot getting closer and closer and closer to my destination and then it says delivered and my heart sank because it hadn't been delivered and then then the order was over and I'm just like what what in what so I can't here's the thing though so because we've been having this like we're really in this call out culture right I'm hoping that call out culture really holds people accountable and cancels out cancel culture. But I decided to take upon myself to hold my driver accountable for the fumble of the chocolate pie. So I text him like, Hey man, you dropped it off at the wrong address. What's up? And the driver's like, yeah, no, I didn't. And I'm like, no, no, no. Yes, you did. I waited outside. So we're going back and forth about, yes, I'm at this address. And then finally he's just like, yeah, well, it's not my fault. <laughs> the delivery driver who was responsible for delivering the chocolate pie to my house delivered to the wrong address. And all I wanted him to say was like, my bad, hit up the app. And he just says, it's not my fault. And so I then um, I sent him a, a, a short but impactful paragraph that says, hey, Whose fault would it be then? The other driver that was supposed to deliver my other slice of chocolate pie? I was like, sir, you really need to take accountability. (laughs) 
And yes, I really did text this. And I have to laugh thinking about how ridiculous it kind of is. Um, But he wouldn't. He refused to. He literally said, it's not my fault. And then after sending him this paragraph, he responds and says, this is the first time it's happened. (laughs) I'm just like, dude, then it's your fault. So um, I was given the option of getting a refund of my money, getting a credit to the app, or getting the pie redelivered. What do you think? I mean, clearly I got the fucking pie redelivered because I deserve it at this point. So that has been (laughs) my weeks in motherhood uh, has been summed up as um, really trying to give it my all, not giving up, staying persistent and all of the things, rewarding myself and maybe not trying, not, not crying over chocolate pie. So yeah, cheers to that. I'm really looking forward to this next interview because I couldn't even wait for this mom to like give birth. She's pregnant. She's glorious. She's talented. She is multi-hyphenate and such a gem. Boss goes up next. I, uh, I'm excited that we finally got around to this. Um, having you on the show. I mean, not that it's been that long because you're still pregnant, which is pretty yes. exciting. Yes. Uh, but I have to kick things off with my inaugural question, which is what is your sign? And does that mean anything to you? I am a Capricorn. And yes, that means a lot to me. because that, That's not my phone. Uh, it means a lot to me because... I've always felt that I was a little bit different from other people and artists. And I think the Capricorn sign is like the weird sign. We're very. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, why is it the weird sign? It's like the off brand like sign. People don't really understand Capricorns like fully. Um, I don't think they get it, but we are very loyal people. We are very task and goal oriented we love a, we love a to-do list <laughs> i know this i know this to be true because also cool mom's producer l clay is a quintessential capricorn really yes as is my son. yeah we love structure and we just be in our own little world so i don't think people really fully understand and grasp the complexity of a capricorn but we're really good partners in crime and like teamwork and things like that. We love logistically, which is probably not the best, but once we like fall in love with you, you can't get rid of us. Hmm, so sweet. Softies, softies in the middle. I love that. Um, so I know that you are originally from the Savannah, Atlanta area. Like what does that mean to how you approach life as an adult? What impact does Atlanta have on you? Um, I think that it is changing uh, for complete transparency. I feel like it was very important and essential in my upbringing to have that groundedness and to be rooted in something. And that's another uh, attribute from a Capricorn with stability and to be um, grounded. Um, I, I feel like as an adult... Um, I lived in New York and LA and things for me, I started to change. I wanted more 
wanted more. I wanted to expand my art. I wanted to be in bigger conversations. I wanted to explore geographically. And I think coming back now, after so long, I feel a little bit displaced as an adult because of the things Mm. that I had grown accustomed to and the way of living and lifestyle and community. Um, I felt like it was more in line and more parallel with my vision. So now it's like, you know, coming back here to solidify my family and having a child, it looks different to me. And I'm trying to navigate like how I will be able to grow or replant myself in a place where I do have roots, but my roots have grown into other areas now. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of challenging to to see what that feels like, what that looks like and where my place is now as a maturing adult adult and now mother. And how did you, let's step back a little bit because obviously you're, you're from the area originally and then you moved around to New York and LA. Mm -hmm. Why did you find yourself in New York? And then I would love for us to figure to then circle back to now finding yourself back in Atlanta and what was kind of the deciding factor there. Um, So I went to New York in 2014. I was living in Atlanta and I just felt like at that time I was doing music. I was super eager and young and just like, I want to get out and go to New York and become a star. You know how that dream goes. And um, totally, I just immersed myself in that city. It was my, it was the place where I got my first design job. Um, at that time, there were not a lot of POC or specifically black female designers or curators or creative directors that really had the platform down here. There wasn't really letting those doors be open to us. Um, so right. Cause, because you were doing agency work before you were doing music. Kind of in tandem. Like I, w- I would, I was trying to look for a creative direction and art director job here. Um, while I was doing my music, because I do have an art background and it was just weird back then. This was like six, seven years ago and there was not a, a space for us. So I figured if I went to New York, it would be, much better in which it did. I ended up finding a job and working at this creative studio. And I did that. And eventually I got signed and cause I didn't want to be a barista. I was like, mm, what? do I want to get like a creative job? So I, I had to like sacrifice that way. Cause I'm like, I still need coins. I still need to like exactly. <laughs> my skills. So I went to New York and that was cool. And, um, I kind of immersed myself in the scene. I was, in like the dance scene, Vogue scene. So that's kind of where I was. Um, at that time, I had definitely heard of you. It was like the Brooklyn Bohemian era. That was like so big. I think we talked about that. Funny. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm dying. But yes, that, that was that time. I'm actually kind of fascinated that you were immersed in like the ballroom scene in New York. This is like Circle around what year now? That was like, it was kind of parallel. It was like the dance scene, 
Um, and that's like 20, that was like 2013, 14, 15. Okay. Like yeah. Popping. Yeah, totally. Were you voguing? I was th- more like, I was doing dance music back then. So I would have Vogue dancers. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like the cheerleader. So I was really into the house music scene <laughs> and like the dark electronic kind of dancing like mm. back then. And then I merged into some other things, but um, Brooklyn had so many different pockets during that time, which I'm sure totally. so many different pockets and so many different things. And I was just really excited to be a part of the narrative uh, during mm-hmm. that time as when up and down was really popular. Um, yeah. What, what was, I can't remember what it was. It was a, a restaurant, it was Masoko. It was a restaurant that used to have brunch. It was in Fort Green. I think it was Fort Green. Uh, wait, I'm having a brain Me too. It was a Jamaican restaurant. Was, and that was like... It was a Jamaican restaurant. It was like restaurant. Caribbean Jamaican restaurant. Was it Fort? Uh, it was right by the park. Uh, I'm going to lose it. It's Madiba. Yes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so, thank you. So. so that was a whole vibe during that time and yeah the south african yeah. spot yes mediba yeah. so exactly exactly artists would just go and have brunch and connect and hang out um there was just so much cool shit going on during that time. yeah and, uh, and was that sense of community important to you has that always been kind of important to you wherever you yeah plant roots? I, I have to have a tribe i don't believe in the lone wolf um, I only kind of do the lone wolf when I need to be in solitude, um, not isolation. Um, yeah. And yeah, I've always tried to find a community and people I can bounce ideas off of and collaborate because that's when I feel I'm my best. So New York mm-hmm. was really good for me in that area, for sure. And then you made the the, the transition from New York to L.A., mm-hmm. Which a lot of us do. Yes, I, I I did that. I actually came back to Atlanta for eight months to finish up some things on the project because I was working with some producers here and some producers in New York. So I came back to finish some things there. It was a lot cheaper to shoot visuals in Atlanta during that time. You know, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I'm going to LA. <laughs> I would say LA fits me the best. Um, for sure, from from Atlanta, New York to LA, I just feel like with the food culture and um, just the art scene, I really love the black art scene out there. The music scene is cool, like it's a little monotonous, but I'm starting to get mm. into the, like the art scene, creative. Thing. I agree, and I think that LA art scene is just like really, at, at least right before everything is kind of shifted, mm-hmm. um, just right at the very nascent stages of just really blossoming. I mean, I think we're just seeing so much movement in LA with the with black right. arts. It was it was so good. Like Lauren Halsey, um, huge fan mm-hmm. of her. She was like really at the apex of like this movement. There are a lot of like. Um, like curators, uh, like even like yourself, like, you know, exactly like the event scene, like everything was just starting to feel good. Like I felt like 2020 was going to be the year for the, for the black creative, not the black creative hashtag, but like, 
<laughs> really like moving the needle and really engaging the community and giving back and sharing mm-hmm. space and also saving space. So um, LA right. was so good for that. Um, I also realized like, and maybe you can agree to this. And it was when I first got there, the first two first year and a half, two years was a little rough. I felt like I started really getting my stride and understanding like community looks different in every city. And that's, I'm, that's right. I think living in all these places, I realized like now that I'm here and I look back, I was like, I actually did have a community. It's not, it might not feel like the nostalgia of other places that you went to, but Right. Cause it's not going to be Brooklyn, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. And I think LA is just a little bit more fragmented. Right. Um, you just have to show up in a different exactly. way. And I think by the time I learned that it was like, fuck, I'm back in Atlanta. I really did have like some cool shit going on. The, you're very you're right. like fragmented and you don't realize the landscape until you kind of come out of it. And they can be, you, we can see it for what it is. It's like, Oh shit, that was, that was actually tight. Were you in LA when you came up with the idea or started Slug Global? Um, actually, I birthed Slug in Atlanta. Um, I started con- concepting Slug around 2015, six, 15, 16. Like I thought. I was like, I'm gonna give myself six months and it ended up being a year. Uh-huh, yeah. And I'm like, it's it's still not ready. And I think a lot of creative creatives get really eager about an idea before like really sitting on it. A hundred percent. This was just brand development, visual identity, making sure that the house was sturdy. Like I wanted to build my house just not on just like sand. It needed plywood. It needed all granite and right. concrete. It needed all of the things. And like when I when we hit the six month mark, I was like, this shit is still not hitting. So um it ended up coming out the end of twenty sixteen. Um and we stayed in Atlanta no lies. It came yeah, I think sometime in twenty sixteen because I was in LA the top of 2017. Yeah. So we did the whole 2016 here and, um, I was going really well, but I've always seen or envisioned the brand being global. And when we took the agency or art collective to LA, I really started to understand the value, the value in production Mm. and execution levels and, um, having the resources at hand that I needed. And, um, it really just started to take off and building those relationships. I think being from the South, when I first moved there, people are a little bit off putting because of the Southern charm. I think people Mm. are so used to people being nice to them for something. Right. So I ran into a lot of that when I first got there, I was like, dog, I just saying what's up. (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying hi i'm just making conversation and i think that's like how i i I called you i was like you know i don't want totally i don't want anything i'm just trying to connect i feel like we have similar parallels and when the time comes for us to do something then it'll come but um i've just always been 
the person to kind of just make myself open and available. And then things just, you know, things just start happening. So I took that same Southern tactic to LA and eventually it started working out for me. And we started growing and doing cool things. And the tech industry is really out there. And there is a space, like for a long time, I felt in Atlanta, being a black woman business owner, going up to these white folks saying, hey, I need $80,000 for this idea. And no, um, we don't need any, any other stuff. Just, you know, I need that. And it was really hard getting those types of budgets in Georgia. But when then you come to Atlanta and you come to LA, it's like they respect your opinion. You don't have to mm. put on the marketing voice. Although, oh, hey, Billy, how are you? No, I'm my right. same black self. Right. Know, with my same hairstyle. Right. And, and able to really articulate uh, what I, my needs and what I want and really to show up for my community in a way that I don't think that when I was living in Atlanta, I could do before. So maybe, you know, I'm not super eager to come back here and like start doing a bunch of shit. Um, my focus is and what success to me looks, looks like it looks extremely different now that I've matured in my craft and kind of just going and learning from there. So I do. How did that change though? How did, how did your vision of success, um, even having the vision of knowing when something is ready, um, how has that shifted? Um, time is the greatest teacher, dude. You know, um, success to me quantified how many followers I have versus who follows me. Mm. Um, success to me back then looked like announcements. How many announcements can you do? How many, how many things and projects where it's like, I'm at the, the point that amazing, interactive, highly engaging community focused things, whether to put 15 subpar events or partnerships right. or creative things just to say, I'm out here, I'm, I'm looking busy. You know, I think it's, you know, humbling yourself and really figuring out where is my time valued. And I just, mm. I had to be real with myself on that and take a different, um, take a different like structure and approach to the business um, from all angles. Yeah, I think that's such an important thing to, to take note of is um, recognizing where is my time valued? And it's, it's, it's easier said than done. Right. Because I think especially working in a creative field, working in a a freelance field, um, you are constantly like everyone's clamoring over the same opportunities, trying to make the same things happen. Um, like you said, to like, of course, pay the bills, but also to say that you're busy, to say that you're constantly working to align yourselves, yourself with the brands that people care about. Um, but yeah, knowing where you, people value you going there, going where people recognize your worth. And I think sometimes that even looks like then creating your own platform, which is what you've done um, with Slug Global. When you were signed to Fool's Gold, did you ever envision starting your own I mean, your own everything at this point from <laughs> agency work to record label um community organizers, I'd say. Um, yeah. D- did you see that this would be the trajectory of your career? 
Um, yes and no. I knew that as a black woman, ownership meant a lot to me because I had spent a lot of my younger years doing work that I wasn't credited for because mm -hmm. of said check or coin coinage um i i knew approaching my 30s that i needed to start building a house for my ideas and i had i started looking to my peers like um chance the rapper tyler the creator um solange and all of these people who had you know, been in certain things and it wasn't until they started building their own house that people really paid attention and that people wanted to, to engage with them in their space. Um, I feel like when I was signed to Fool's Goal, it was a great learning um, experience for me as an artist and as a creative because I was still very heavily involved with the visual narrative of the things that would come out. Um, but then, you know, I started to think, um, kind of the reason why I kind of started the agency work is because I would do sets and graphics for my own videos and campaigns. Mm -hmm. And someone was always like, you should do something with this. And I was very like, nope, <laughs> I rejected <laughs> it. I rejected it. I literally like, I think so this four now, one on five. I rejected this calling on my life for so long because I'm like, I ain't giving nobody the sauce. Nope. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, why do you think that is? You didn't want. <laughs> um, because I didn't want to be responsible for someone else's stuff. And mm -hmm. I was like, I know how to do my stuff. I know what feels good to me. I know it, you know, I know what I like, but I just was always super quirky in my approach to marketing and other things that. I honestly, maybe it's a little bit of self-doubt. I didn't think that it would translate, you know, my DIY tactics and how I right. look at design. It it would translate in a commercial way that was profitable. So mm. I think I took a lot of time to kind of figure, figure that out. I was like, well, I got, I lost my job in New York. I was like, I, I, I'm at the point now where I can't, I'm, I'm not working for nobody else. I need to figure this shit out. Hmm. And I took that time to kind of figure out the slug thing. And then I was signed for five years and, I was, and I'm like, well, I pretty much learned the infrastructure on how to put out a release. Right. Mm, why don't I just put it out myself and see what this feels like? So I'm my own crash dummy for, mm -hmm. the, for the label right now. Yeah. Um, but I also, I'm a faith based person. You know, I believe in God and, um, I think the way that I give back to the community is giving other artists the opportunity to kind of do what I'm doing. I think it's really important to pass the, the torch to the next person and the younger generation and have that lineage going because right. it's a very like give and take ecosystem that we have created with Slug. So I feel like, and I'm sure you can agree to this, labels and the structure of labels are dated content is key and yes, I feel like content is key content is king yeah and people are learning that even the some of some people are learning that the harder way now mm -hmm. and um content was a was our collateral and it has always been our collateral right so i want to show other artists like okay i'm not gonna sign you to like 
a music deal. I'm going to sign you to a content deal where we help you with your visual identity. We help you with how to do a proper pitch deck. We show you how to properly release music. We'll do set designs for your videos. We'll shoot your stuff. Those are the type of opportunities that I want for Slug Records versus like people can make music in their bedroom all day. We know that, but it's how do we get this out in a visual way that's interesting? So that's kind of like my pay it forward to, to, I guess, the Black creative and artist right now. Um, Does it feel like the stakes are higher when you're doing it for other people than when you do it for yourself? If I keep the collaboration approach to it where it doesn't feel like an ownership type thing, then, Mm. then I'm cool. Like, I'm also, I think it's really important to, on both sides, on the global side and the record label side is to teach um, the community the importance of licensing out content because mm. now with the coronavirus, our our collateral and our money is really content. So right, teaching them like, okay, I'm going to make something for you, but you can use my content for six months you can't own it and I think those are the types of things where I want to come in and kind of just teach the community to have that ownership Mm, yeah absolutely I I love that um I I'm curious now have you found that how have you had to pivot I guess your work, if at all, now that we all are are figuring out new ways to work, to collaborate, to work from home, to kind of continue to build infrastructure and push the economy forward. Where do you fall into that? Where does uh, Slug fall into that? Um, We are actually thinking of creative ideas now. I feel like since we started very heavily in the digital space. Our campaign before shit hit the fan was coming out of the internet because we were so internet-based and we started to do these cool activations and we took every all our work down off the site. So if you want to really know what we do, we'll send you a packet and okay. it like mysterious. And I'm just like, fuck, we literally took four months, five months to restructure the brand to literally come back to do the same thing we've been doing. So to not feel fatigued with uh, mm. what we were doing, um, we we're actually pivoting from coming behind the designer role and kind of being characters. So we we're like trying to explore what television looks like right now. Yes. Um, I think I've seen that in, in some digital assets you all have released, kind of introducing the team, which I thought was really interesting and fun. Um in a nice like nod to a retro aesthetic while still being very like forward thinking and visionary. So I thought that was really awesome. Thank you. Um, so yeah, we're, we're just trying new things and trying to stay ahead, but the internet is crowded. The internet is ah, so crowded, okay. Right? <laughs> ah, it's so crowded. I feel so <laughs> suffocated. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I know that I should be making, you know, I understand too that content is king right now. And that is definitely our leverage as creatives. But I'm also like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. I, I too feel fatigued and I just want to go garden yeah. <laughs> um, or do something else. But, um, and I, and I'm very curious about what this experience has been like for you. You know, when I was pregnant, 
I continued to work throughout my pregnancy as you have. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I was very fortunate and super grateful to take time to go away to an artist residency and like really decompress be in nature in Canada. And that was such an incredible time. And so, um, has how you've, how have you, how did you want to approach pregnancy when you found out you were pregnant and has that changed at all now that we're, you know, I say we, like I'm pregnant now that you're in your third trimester. (laughs) Work days look a lot different these days. (laughs) Um, I, I really try my best and I try my hardest to, get things done but sometimes baby is like no 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 Mm. (laughs) okay I'm I'm trying to like work through that because I'm such a workaholic and this phase of my life right now the one word is submission Mm. and Mm -hmm. being submitting to change that's happening to your life submit to being able to be still, submitting to figuring out what your pivot is and not being so stuck into like the routine of what you thought was gonna happen. I think for the first, I didn't really freak out um, on the pandemic stuff until I realized it wasn't shifting at all. Right. Like people were shifting, but not the state of the nation. And um, I was like, oh shit, I gotta, okay, we gotta, all right, now, now, this is the time I'm like, okay, I gotta figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, it's like, I'm just trying to do the best that I can. Like, I, I try to get a schedule for myself, but sometimes I make it, I'm like, oh, today I made this, I made this podcast. I don't feel like crap today. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I try to keep my best foot forward. Um, and like reach out to different people and kind of get motivated in that way um, and try to have a sense of community to like be there for me. But the shift for me looks a lot, a lot like submitting and being still so that I can hear the ideas come. Cause when I'm stressed, ain't nothing coming. Right. Nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. Yes. And, 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 you know, being pregnant, you're even more empathetic to the energies that are around you. So yeah, staying just patient with yourself is so important. Um, I, you know, you've been super vulnerable, um, on Instagram from what I've seen in terms of just pregnancy and being pregnant, uh, during a global pandemic. And so I'd love to kind of touch on how can, community support women who are expecting, uh, especially during a global pandemic and how, you know, how has your community been able to show up for you? Um, my community has been showing up by dropping off meals to your girl. Yes. <laughs> One of my favorite ways. Which is good. Yeah. You and I were talking about that. You were like, when I had, when you had Sergeant, you know, certain days you just did not have the physical, the physical strength to like make a meal. No. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) that has been helpful, you know, having weekly check-ins from different people, um, you know, just dropping by to see how I'm doing. I think what could help me, honestly, it just needs, for me, it just needs to be more visibility, 
more conversations. Like I love the work that you're doing and a space that you're doing and creating, creating assets for mothers and their children. Like the color and stuff is such a great idea. Oh, thank you. I told you if you ever needed anything with that small or big, it's like, I'm here to help. And I feel like right now, mothers should come together and especially black mothers. Like it's so much. Absolutely. It's so much content on other, and this is no diss or no downputting or degrading another race at all, but to, to find more things that look more parallel to my journey and what I'm doing, that has been challenging for me to, to find and discover Mm -hmm. uh, easily and readily Mm -hmm. available to me. Um, I think that's pretty much how I think community could help me. I just would love to see more cool things like this happening, more talks and podcasts. And um, I can't say, y'all not supposed to be out there, wear your mask and blah, blah, blah. But, <laughs> you know, that's, you know, I, I do feel that way because, I mean, it, re- it really sucks. And maybe it's just in Georgia that is increasing this way because the, the city is literally open. There. Yeah. The city has opened up in a, like a really unprecedented way. And I think the rest of the world is just kind of watching now Georgia, but specifically Atlanta on, okay, what does it look like now? What's happening now? Yeah. I'm kind of embarrassed um, <laughs> that it's, it's happening this way, but I still have to take my responsibility in this like I need a trip, sis. I need, okay. I need, yes. I need to be about around water. I want to just be in the sun, naked. Like I haven't had those experiences yet, and the growing cases here is literally causing uh, mothers or expected mothers right now to not be able to have full support. Mm. Um, it literally just uh, opened up one person to be in a room, but. Um, during delivery. Yeah, during delivery. But I'm hoping when I go back that I get some more good news that it can be. I'm definitely have to advocate for my doula being in there, but I, I have to have like either my yes. mother or my partner. So it's Absolutely. like to choose between them two is like uh, so difficult. So difficult. So and yeah. when are you due? August 7th. All right. It's coming up, girl. It is coming up, but so much can change in a little bit of time. So yeah, you know, just keep the positive energy that you get all the people you need in your space. Thank you. During birth. And also know, you know, things will work out the way they should. No- nothing ever goes according to plan uh, ever in general, but also <laughs> in childbirth. So, you know, just be open to what may happen. Yeah. I, um, you know, I feel like, being an artist uh, in many ways also means being transient. Um, and so I'm curious now, do you feel this need to be more rooted? Um, do you want to plant those roots in Atlanta? You know, how does that look for you? Ushering in motherhood. Um, I haven't had a chance to immerse myself in the city yet because I've been home nesting and right. safe. So I can't really say exactly how I feel. Um, yeah, I, I, it's such a it's such a weird space to be in 
um, I'm making the best out of it, but Mm -hmm. I do feel (laughs) that I'm going to be by coastal, but right now being home around my family right now and being grounded and being loved on and nurtured on has nothing to do with being a cool artist. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Can they, can they exist at the same time? Are they mutually exclusive being like a cool artist and being a mom? They can, but at this point, I try, I'm trying to like figure, figure both things out because I was like, I'm not going to be one of those artists that post my baby every three posts. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I'm like, damn, I have one that people I really like and then their page just becomes their child's page. And I'm like, it's hard. Really? I'm going to, I'm going to say it's really hard. I have to be very conscious of like, okay, let me give the people more than Sergeant. Although I feel like that's all people want to see. He's cute. He be getting the fits off. I know. Gosh. He's really cute. It's cute. I wanted well, to ask you, were you thinking about letting his hair just grow out? Were you thinking about locking it? Or? We are currently in the process of locking Sergeant's hair to probably the frustration of some of my family members who are like, why does his head look like this? Um, yes. But yes. Yes. <laughs> Sergeant will have locks for however long he chooses to have them. And then we'll see what happens after that. Okay. Good. Um, I was thinking the same thing too for Arlo. I wanted to lock his hair as well, but I felt like the energy, I was like, I feel like she might lock it. Yeah. It just feels like him. It, it, it really does. He's such a wild man. yes he is a very sturdy cap um i love that sturdy cat that's so cute me too i needed that (laughs) i uh (laughs) i i love that you have brought up family um because i definitely wanted to touch on something that i read uh that you had in an interview with npr and you talked about your mother loved bobby brown in like this 90s era Mm -hmm. and so when you think of her you know, the, the, that music, that sound um, makes you think of your mom. What do you think Arlo is going to listen to and say, oh, that that reminds me of my mom? This is going to be so crazy, but <laughs> I don't know why I've gone back e- even further. Like I listen to all the cool stuff on Spotify, but I've been listening to a lot of Frankie Beverly and Mays. Yes. I've been listening to a lot of Sade, a lot of Sun Ra, a lot of Marvin Gaye. I don't know. My spirit right now is pulling me into like the 70s, 60s and 70s. I don't know what that's about. But I, w- I will say that he will have a very eclectic style. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be able to like pinpoint because I'm a musician myself. I don't think he's going to be able to pinpoint um, a specific sound. But right now what I'm feeling when I'm pregnant right now is the stuff from the 60s and 70s. It's maybe a, you've got an old soul cooking in there. Maybe I have an old soul. I'm just, there's nothing like Frankie Beverly and Bass. I don't know. I agree. What a good, just like, that's a good day. 
such a good day. I just put whenever I want to feel like I'm in my mom's house, I put mm-hmm. like for sure. And then when I'm feeling very sensual, uh, very feminine, that's when I throw on the Sade. Mm. But then when I'm feeling like I'm on my auntie swag, I put on Nita Baker. <laughs> Anita Baker is ultimate auntie auntie it's vibes. Ultimate auntie vibes. And then, you know, I start my mornings with like Bossa Nova, Sue Her Hey, and things like that. So do you have a song that you sing to your belly? You're gonna make me feel bad, but I don't. No, don't feel bad. Don't f- <laughs> <laughs> I made the assumption because you're a singer that you probably like because I feel like if I could sing, I would sing all the time and I would be so irritating. I would sing like orders. I would just sing, 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 sing. Yes. I honestly, I rub him and I talk to him. Mm-hmm. I talk to him a lot, but I haven't, I haven't had a song for him. I don't know why, but yeah. I, Probably I, when you see him. I think that's when the lullaby energy is going to come for sure. Hmm, lullaby energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lullaby baby. I um, I want to wind things down uh, because I think it's so important to, uh, or we would be remiss rather to not talk about purpose mm-hmm. um, because I find that to be obviously something extremely important to you and, and a real common thread in all of the work that you do and wearing so many hats is walking in this purpose that is, um, you know, greater than yourself and is really about being of service. Has that evolved at all? Um, now that you are ushering life into the world. Um, I think it, it has evolved. Like, um, People would always call me like auntie because I would. They would come to me for advice or, what should I do with this or how should I put this out. So I feel like I've always been an old soul in some capacity or just had a sense of wisdom. Um, but I feel like now a large part of my work is coming from more of a selfless place. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never want my work to feel like, look at me, this is what I'm doing. Uh, I kind of want it to feel like, yo, I'm doing some dope shit, but I can also show you how to do it. I think a lot, I think a lot artists don't really show the process. They, they only show the end phase and I'm Yes. Nutty about referencing mood boards, concepts. I love a good process moment. I can be in process with things. (laughs) I feel like this is a Capricorn trait and I I hate and love to go back to that. But Capricorns that I know, i.e. the one producing Cool Moms, is the like Elle throws herself in a process. I just feel like she just lives for the research and the process. I hope you hear me, Danielle. We love a good process. I don't know. Okay, well, then maybe that's a Capricorn thing. I'm so glad you said that. Uh, 
we just love as much information about a thing and like learning how to break it down to the truest components. But we're the best people to have on a team. I will not disagree with that. I I don't like to move without a Capricorn. And I'm only going to say that once. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Al, you get she giving you your props, sis. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, he's going to be such a help to you. All of the above. He's going to be such a help to you, at least. <laughs> Thank you. Least. Yes. Okay. I um. Uh, I'm just like so excited uh, for you in so many ways. Uh, You know, you've got Arlo on the way. You also just released a new project. We have got to talk about your new project, which if there was ever a moment (laughs) that we needed a project entitled soon, this will all make sense. Right. How affirming. Right. Right. I mean, thank you. Thank you. Um, And you just dropped a teaser for takeoff. I did. Can you tell me a little, by the time we, we release this takeoff, we'll be out. Can you give us a little one, two, three about it? Yeah, for sure. Um, so when I came out with the title someday, this will all make sense. I had no clue this was going to happen in the world. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like no clue. Like the title was just laid on my heart. And it was just a accumulation of all the experiences that I just thought about in my life. My successes, my failures, my heartbreaks. Mm-hmm my breakdowns, my breakthroughs, breakouts. Mm, mm. Um, everything has led up to this, this thing where it's like, I know all of my steps has led me to this moment and I might not understand it right now, but some when this life is over, someday this will all make sense. And I that was like a common thread in my life where it's like, people will come in my life, people will leave. Uh, I got pregnant i'm like okay this gonna have to make sense somehow (laughs) (laughs) this didn't make sense but this is a part of the puzzle um so having that and then it's so crazy how the universe works because it was confirmation when when everything started happening and it's it's i was like man god is tight Mm, okay i was so tight um it was just like super affirming and then i released so with that i wanted to get in my directorial bag and kind of just flex some of those skills because i want to i kind of that's like the end goal for me Mm, okay um like music is cool you know but i don't want to be like dancing around the stage and doing all that my whole life i really kind of just I want to kind of get more behind the scenes a little bit. For a I little get bit. that for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I released the snippet for takeoff. So we shot a, um, we shot video trailers, like movie trailers for each song. And we are just seeing like testing the market and seeing what people gravitated to. So the two songs that we released at full videos for it was attention and piano song. Cause those got the most views. So I don't know. I'm just always, trying to like test new things and like give people like what they want and it's, this was just fun this was just a really fun project it felt like fun you know watching <clears throat> watching the the visuals uh for piano keys before um we spoke i mean i just wanted to kind of like watch it over and over because it just felt fun it felt light it was a, a great reminder of what it means to feel free um Mm-hmm. So I loved, 
I love that. And I totally suggest everyone, please go check out Bosco's new project. This will all, <laughs> you know, um, on uh, streaming on all platforms. And I want you to stick around for Ask a Cool Mom because I think we have a question that you would definitely be able to add some gems to. Um, so we have Rayhan 31 from San Diego and she says she is a mother of four uh, and also a graphic designer and recently started taking online graduate courses. Uh, she's been quarantining with her partner who is not her child's father and she's having a hard time allowing him to help her. How can she better ask for help? Who? <laughs> Is asking for help difficult for you? Yes. Okay. I think that the baby has, the baby has broken me in so many areas where I'm just like very strong willed and asking for help because I physically can't like do something or read something, um, is a part of the submission process. Yes. <laughs> you know, and it, it all comes back around to the lessons that I need to, the lessons that are coming into my life to break me, but not break me in negative way, but break me in a positive way so that I mm -hmm. can share these experiences with other people. Cause I'm very like, I can do this myself and blah, 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 blah. But that's nothing but ego and pride. Mm, right. Yeah. Yes. Rayhan, it is ego and pride, truly, which are really easy spaces to kind of stay in. They feel safe and comfortable, but Right. Um, I would just say if you lean into your vulnerability, which doesn't have to um, diminish your strength um, and kind of face that that the root of it, which mm -hmm. is, you know, the ego and right. submit to that ego. And I think you'll learn a lot from that in all areas of your life. It doesn't have to always be romantically. It can also be professionally because I find myself in so many situations where it's like, I can't do the graphics <laughs> and all of this. I'm like, I need help. You've got to delegate. A real leader knows how to delegate tasks. Mm -hmm. So yeah. whether you're a leader at work or a leader in your household, right, right. you got to know how to delegate it before you just are drowning. So, so true. Such a good point. Bosco, I so appreciate you. I so appreciate your time and your energy. Mm. And yeah, I'm so glad that we got to do this. Me too. I'm so, I was so happy when you emailed me and asked me. I was like, oh, I thought she was going to ask when I had him. But this is even cooler. Yes. I mean, we get to totally talk again. I feel like there's so much space for us to collaborate in the future. So I'e looking forward to that. Definitely. Um, yeah. So again, of course, everyone, please check out soon. This will all make sense. I'm sure that it will resonate. And until next time. Moving to the left, moving to the right. Want to multiply, but we all divide.